0: You are tuned into another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. The Royals are reportedly scouting a big-time talent over in Japan. Would this be an off-season failure? And one bullpen arm, I think, is getting a lot better. That's all coming up next on Lockdown Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And be sure to find all of our podcasting episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time and Sleeper. Uh, With game time, if you're ever struggling to get tickets, this is the app you need to use. We'll talk about them uh, coming up here in about 10 to 15 minutes or so. If this is your first ever episode tuning in to Lockdown Royals, well, first things first, welcome in. And we always welcome Royals fans that want more content. I know it's football season. Uh, Hell, I was just watching the Monday night thriller between the Jets and the Bills. So I'm recording this just in the aftermath of that. So I've been in football mode as well. But when you tune into this podcast, we do keep it baseball centric. We talk about the Royals, even if they are at 100 losses, and even if they have a rainout like they did today in Chicago. So there's no baseball to talk about. But I work here in Kansas City. I'm at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a daily show on ESPN Kansas City. And once a week on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, I have a night show from 7 to 10 on Sports Radio 810 WHB. But I did just mention that it's football season. And with football season being in full swing now, college football is a couple of weeks in. The NFL has just concluded week one. A lot of people are focused on the NFL season. But if you're a baseball fan, maybe you're enjoying these final couple weeks and you're gearing up for postseason baseball, even if the Kansas City Royals are not going to be involved, which we all know they are not going to. So if you're a Royals fan and you're not really worried about Playoff baseball, you don't want to watch it that much. You're not really concerned about the NFL or college football. Well, maybe your focus is shifting to the Major League offseason and who the Royals could go out there and get. And there was news today, and it was reported by, I believe, CBS Sports that the Royals are one of a few teams that are scouting Japanese superstar Yoshinobo Yamamoto. I believe that's how you pronounce it. If I have mispronounced it, I do apologize. But if you do not know much about Yamamoto, uh, he is one of the prized pitching talents over in Japan. And if you don't believe me, uh, let me just read off some numbers for you. This year, pitching for Orcs in uh, the Japanese Baseball League. So he is 14-5 and this year, age 24. I, believe I just I think he just turned 25. Yeah, he turned 25 in August. So spent the majority of this year as a 24-year-old. His ERA is 1.26. He's won 14 games for Oryx. He has thrown 143 innings. His whip is below one. He walks less than two guys per nine. And he's striking out north of nine guys per night. In his career, he has won 73 games pitching over in Japan. His ERA is 1.74. He has thrown just shy of 1,000 innings. His career whip is below one. I mean, it's it's pretty much been consistency ever since he was 18 years old, making his professional debut. So Yoshinobu Yamamoto is a guy the Royals are reportedly scouting over in Japan. And let's be honest here. The other teams that are involved, which include the Padres, which include the Mets, which include the Phillies, and which include the Giants, and likely the Yankees as well, are all teams that are going to hand out hefty contracts to him. You know, he is going to be somebody, once he becomes available to big league teams, that he's going to have money thrown his way. But I will say this. It is interesting to me that the Royals are the only true small market team over there scouting. Yamamoto. And that is something to gauge here that the Royals would not be over there just scouting him to not do anything, you know, not even make an offer. It kind of feels like the Royals are gauging where this thing is going to go, and maybe it doesn't lead to Yoshinobo Yamamoto signing with the Royals. But let's dream a little bit, because here's the beauty of it. With Japanese baseball players, some are going to be like Shohei Otani, Masohiro Tanaka, and Hideki Matsui. You know, There's going to be talented guys like that that, Basically, when you go over to Japan, they are the face of everything. Just like here in the NBA, LeBron James would be the face of the NBA. In the NFL, you could say Patrick Mahomes is the face of the NFL. You go over to Japan, baseball is the big thing there. So Shohei Otani was on all the billboards and stuff like that. So those guys are going to be approached by the Yankees, by the Padres, by the Angels, uh, by the Phillies, by the Giants. Teams that have a lot of money to spend, and their owners are going to shovel out money to get talent like that. Here would be the best case scenario is that a lot of these teams, you know, maybe shift their focus elsewhere. You know, there is another very talented young pitcher who's not available just yet to come over to the big leagues. And Roki Sasaka, I believe it is. He pitched for he pitched for Japan in the world baseball classic. Yeah, Roki Sasaki. Uh, he was absolutely lights out he's still just about 20 or 21 i think yeah he doesn't turn 22 until early november so he's not quite available yet he's going to be another arm power, triple digit fastball that might be a better pitcher than shohei otani at least it's being rumored that he is so those guys they're going to get the big time deal so maybe some of these teams that are scouting somebody like yamamoto maybe they're going to wait for a guy like sasaki maybe with shohei otani being available one of these teams goes after otani that takes them out of the running They're going to go out and get Otani, spend a lot of money, maybe keep the Royals in the running. Here's where I'm at. It's very unlikely. But if you've listened to my podcast before, you would know that the Japanese market, the international scouting department, is an area the Royals have lacked in since their existence. They do not try and go find a lot of talent over in Japan, which there's a ton of it. You know, we know that the Dominican Republic has a – you know, funnel basically to the States where they can go play in the big leagues and there's lots of talent, you know, you know the Dominican Summer League. You no, know, it's an easy pipeline for those players to get to the States. Not super easy in terms of logistics and everything, but talent-wise. And the Royals have definitely scouted in the DR. They've scouted in Venezuela. They've scouted in Cuba before. They've scouted in Puerto Rico. But Japan has just never been on their radar and it caught my eye that they're even entertaining this. You know, he is going to warrant a big-time contract, but why I say let's dream a little bit is a guy like Yamamoto would fit the timeline of the Royals. You know Where I've had the, the podcast episodes of go out there and sign yourself a Jordan Montgomery, Michael Lorenzen, a Jack Flaherty, really none of those guys fit a window. They build your rotation a little bit better. Uh, you could Try and compete at uh, the top half of the Central next year by having an aggressive offseason. But Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Michael Lorenzen, they don't better the 2025 26 Royals. You bring Yamamoto over and sometimes have sometime a big time deal, which the Royals could technically afford it. Don't get lost in that. A John Sherman could hand out some money that would make sense in a deal like this. But to me, This is one of those things. It's just good to see them out there. It's good to see them trying to scout. And if that leads to another player, if that leads to Yamamoto, again, I give it a very slim chance of happening, then I believe you are making moves to better your team for the future. I mean, Yamamoto is the age of Cole Reagans, if not younger. You get him to a six, seven year deal. Maybe he's your anchor for that long it doesn't always work out I mean Masahiro Tanaka wasn't an ace for seven or eight years in New York he found his way back to Japan after a while and it's likely that Yamamoto goes and signs with the Giants or with the Phillies or with the Padres or with the Mets it's likely that happens but it just caught my eye that the Royals are even trying to scout him because it'd be stupid to just go over there and scout him and never even field an offer or try to see what you can do. But I at least like to see it. That's important for a team like the Royals. Young talent over in Japan. It is, I believe, one of the most successful ways to fast track this rebuild a little bit. Not cut corners, but there's a lot of talent in Japan. And the good thing is you don't sign them to go to your minor league level and work their way back up. They join your major league roster. They're good enough to play. And a guy like Yoshinobu Yamamoto is good enough to be a number one or number two in the Royals rotation. If there was an offer that made sense, I'd be all over it. Now, I'm not getting my hopes up. Just something to watch, just something to gauge, because the Royals are one of the only small market teams that are apparently scouting a guy like Yamamoto over in Japan because he has had an electric career, a seven-year career over there, and he fits this Royals timeline. Just dream a little bit. A one-two punch with Yamamoto and Reagan's, I think I would be fully on board with that. Okay, the next thing we're going to talk about is off-season failures. You know, if the Royals go out there and sign Yamamoto, well, that's a win of an offseason. I'm not saying they will, but if they did, it's a win. What would be an off-season failure, though? We're going to dive into that next on Lockdown Royals. You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to today's title sponsor in game time. If you're ever struggling to buy tickets for a sporting event, I just mentioned football season is in full swing. I just got done watching that Monday night thriller against the, the the Jets and the Bills. I'm feeling a little bit better now about the Thursday night loss the Lions that the Chiefs had. But to me, game time is where I would go to if I want to go to an NFL game in the future, if I want to go to a Royals game in the future. I've got concerts I want to go to in the future. Game time is the app that I am going to use because it's so simple to use, whether it's me going by myself, me going with a, a plus one, me going with a group of people. It is just so simple and easy to use. So here's what you need to do after watching tonight's podcast episode: go and download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off on your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code lockdown MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we just went over the fact that this Royals team is going to be I think at least gauging the waters here for a guy like Yoshinobu Yamamoto and again I really hope I'm pronouncing that name correctly if I'm wrong just let me know in the comments on YouTube or let me know on Twitter because this is a guy that I've definitely seen film on before but can't always find the right pronunciation sheet for lack of a better term there but I think you know who I'm talking about now and I think if you go look up the baseball stats, it kind of speaks for itself. So that would be a victory for the Royals this offseason. You know, extending Bobby Wood Jr. would be a victory for this offseason. I would say going out there and signing a couple pieces of your rotation, making a, a big-time trade, not, you know, where you're breaking bank, but something that makes your team a lot better. Uh, that would be a win for the Royals. It was showing some aggression, showing that ownership cares, that – the front office can make moves that build a winner here in Kansas City. I mean, you set the bar very low last offseason. So it feels like you do anything this offseason that's even slightly more aggressive. It feels like a win. But what would be an offseason failure? Now, maybe I could just be, be very simple with this segment and we could be done here in two minutes. And I can say, well, if they don't sign anybody, they don't extend anybody. And they bring back Jordan Lyles in that rotation. Quite a failure, failure of an offseason, if you ask me. But I think I'm going to go a couple steps further here. I think the Royals are approaching a spot with their offseason where a lot of guys in the 40-man roster have just been placeholders. Now, you have to fill a 40-man roster. But to me, they're hanging on to some guys that just don't need to be on a 40-man roster anymore. And I'm really not trying to buy in too much to September success. You know, I, I have been guilty myself of you know buying into certain guys and maybe not the others. You know, I buy into Cole Reagans and his success and Bobby Wood Jr. and Michael Garcia and MJ Melendez, but I might not buy into, you know, Edward Olivares and what he's doing. I might not buy into what Jordan Lyles did in his last couple starts. I may not buy into Salvador Perez in a late surge or Kyle Isbell in a late surge. I, I've certainly been guilty of that of picking and choosing who I want to believe in. And that's me being no irrational baseball fan. That's me being uh, kind of stupid with picking certain guys on this team and who I think is going to be a long-term fit. But an offseason failure to me would be taking September success from some guys and going, all right, well, then let's roll with that group again in 2024. What I mean by that is a lot of guys in the bullpen for sure. I think looking at, you know, somebody like a, oh, let's go a Jackson Coar type. I know I talked him up a little bit, but a Jackson Coar, you know, Angel Serpa, um, a Dylan Coleman, even though he's down in the minor leagues, you know, Carlos Hernandez. There's guys out there that I think either have value to trade or guys just simply can't be on the 40-man roster anymore. You know, a a Tucker Davidson is a perfect example. You just, you don't buy into certain things because of one month and go, he's going to be great for our bullpen next year or for the rotation. You know, I don't think that you look at what Alec Marsh has done as much as I liked him early on and some of the stuff that he possessed and, and give him a locked spot. Same thing goes for Daniel Lynch. Same thing goes for Chris Bubich. I don't go in to 2024 giving them a locked spot. Now I understand this. You can't purge 20 guys off your 40-man roster. It's just unlikely. Some guys are going to stick around. It just kind of feels like, though, the Royals have this opportunity to clean the plate a little bit. You know, I don't want to be as harsh and and say take out the trash because these are uh, major league players that have have been working their tails off. And you can criticize them for on-field play. I get it. They're 44 and 100. But I'm not going to badmouth certain guys and call them trash or call them garbage. These are guys that just maybe need to go somewhere else and just clear some roster spots for the Kansas City Royals. So to me, it would be like looking at Edward Olivares after we all were pulling our hair out watching him play every single day or every other day back in July and back in June and taking what he's doing in September and go, okay, I want to see Edward Olivares every single day in 2024. You can't fall for that. You can't. You can't fall for a hot stretch completely with MJ Melendez. I think he's been really good in the second half, but I still would try to give him some help in the offseason, some protection in the lineup. You know, I'm not going into 2024 giving Nick Prado a locked spot. So basically, if you're sitting there listening, whether you're listening on a, a podcast a link, you're listening on YouTube, any way you're listening – you're going to be going, okay, well, you still have an answer. What's an off-season failure? I would say an off-season failure is rolling into this off-season and basically saying, oh, we evaluated a lot, but there's still, we we need to know. You know, Nick Prado was hurt. You know, MJ Melendez had a slow start. Need to evaluate more. Edward Olivares never had consistent A-Bs. I can't do another evaluation year. You need to go out there and replace certain guys and bring in major league contributors. You got to be aggressive. An off-season failure would not be giving somebody a multiple-year contract, a free agent. I think a failure of an off-season would not be extending Bobby Witt Jr., or at least extending Michael Garcia or Vinny Pasquantino. Being lazy, seeing how the market falls, not going out there and trying to beat somebody to the pot, that to me is a failure. Basically, the word of the offseason will be. Aggression, or it's going to be passive. If the Royals are passive, we are going to see another 100-loss season. If they're aggressive, I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm not saying they're going to win 90 games. But I think we saw this front office be a little bit aggressive in the offseason heading into 2021. They trade for Andrew Benintendi. They sign Carlos Santana to a two-year deal. They sign Mike Minor to a two-year deal. Did all of those work out? No, but it showed aggression. And that's what I want to see this offseason. That, to me, is success. It doesn't mean signing Yamamoto to a seven-year deal and extending Bobby Wood Jr. and giving somebody a three-year deal, because that seems like it's pretty far-fetched. But you at least try to go out there and get a couple guys and maybe land with a plan B. I can support it. But you sit on your hands and say, well, we need to see Nick Prada for a full year or or Kyle Isbell again for a full year, Drew Waters for a full year, Ed Lovar's for a full year. You're in for another rebuild 2.0 or a evaluation year 2.0. And I think fans are growing tired of it. I think a lot of you out there would agree that that would be the failure of an off season. Basically repeating what you did last year. I said it before, I'll say it again. It's put up or shut up time for John Sherman and what he can do with his money. All right, the last thing I do want to talk about is to give praise to a bullpen arm that really we're not talking enough about, but it is important to go over because maybe this is the version of that bullpen arm the Royals foresaw when they traded for him earlier this year. That's coming up on Lockdown Royals. You are tuning into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore 15 That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other title sponsors in Sleeper. So I got some fantasy picks for you. Royals did not play earlier today. They were rained out. So it's going to be a doubleheader tomorrow afternoon and evening against the Chicago White Sox, another bottom barrel team in the American League Central. So let's give a pick for each of those games. In game one, I expect Brady Singer to throw more than five and a half innings. I think he'll get a quality start against the Chicago White Sox team. Didn't look as great the last time out, but maybe a little bit more rest and facing them a second time around, he can make some adjustments and be much better. So that's my pick for game one. In game two... I'm expecting Bobby Witt Jr. to go yard. Feels like it's been a while. He's been slumping for the last 15 games or so. Maybe it's just running on fumes. Maybe he's wearing out a little bit, but I expect him to at least run into a home run. And let's say it is game two, just so I can put my name out there and make more of a bold pick for my sleeper fantasy pick. And with sleeper, the MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is right now with studs like Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Shohei Otani. Pick more or less on stats for these stars, like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more, for up to 100 times the payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big with Sleeper. I know the bullpen is an area of this team that we we don't want to talk about too much. Why would we? Uh, This bullpen's not very good. There's not a lot of great arms in this bullpen. But what I have seen from a guy like James MacArthur is at least something to take into account. James MacArthur had one of the worst professional debuts I'd ever seen. He was just rocked back and forth by the Cleveland Guardians. I want to say he made his debut back in July. If not, it would have been June. Uh, Sometimes I get the months all mixed up. But he was, you know, I think, charged with six or seven runs. Now got out of the inning, but that was the only inning he got, and he was sent down after the game. In his last seven outings, though, he has done a really good job of limiting base runners. Now, his ERA is at 3.12 in his last seven outings. His whip, though, is below 0.9. He struck out eight and walked just one in eight and two-thirds innings of work. I really tried to think hard about why the Royals acquired James MacArthur. You know, you give up a lottery ticket player when your farm system's already bare. The major league roster is not very good. And you go out and get James MacArthur, who's 26 years old, big frame, and you like the curveball, but it never seemed to translate. Not in the minors, and it certainly didn't early on at the big league level. And I asked myself, why did they make a trade like this? Is this like the Nicky Lopez trade where you'll get Taylor Hearn that just – doesn't make any sense like you didn't have to make this trade so then the trade deadline move this was well before the trade deadline so why did the royals make a move like this maybe this is who they saw maybe this is who they envisioned and i will say this when you're building a bullpen it can happen through moves like this that you like a guy you like one or two pitches that he has and you work with it these are all things you have to consider you don't need to go out there And give a closer a four-year deal. uh, What the White Sox did with their bullpen, and the Royals will see uh, in the first part of this week, you know, when they went and spent money on Liam Hendricks, and it worked out, but uh, they spent money on Alex Colomay. They spent money on Kendall Graveman, on Joe Kelly. You don't need to do all of that. Look what the Tigers did. I I love using the Tigers as an example because they built their bullpen dirt cheap. It was minor league trades. It was minor league deals, one-year deals, and invites to spring training and making trades that could bolster their bullpen with power stuff. Now, James MacArthur doesn't have power stuff. And I'm not trying to make this segment about, hey, give James MacArthur a spot in 2024. What I'm saying is I can build trust. I can have more faith in the front office if these numbers, if these stats can show up earlier before it's too late. You know, I think two guys in the bullpen right now in Kansas City that got roughed up beyond belief, and their Major League debut was James McArthur. It was Steven Cruz. But since those debuts, they've been tolerable, dare I say. I mean, Steven Cruz hasn't allowed a run. I think he's allowed two base runners since that debut. We don't talk about it much because he's been in mop-up roles. But those are type of numbers that you can look at and go, can we work with it? And for James MacArthur, maybe you stash him away in AAA, and he comes up next point, next sometime next year, and he's a little bit better than he was when he was first called up. I mean, he was making his professional debut; he's you know up there for the first time. There's going to be some growing pains, but maybe this version of James MacArthur is who the Royals saw when they traded for him, or who they envisioned he would become. And no, it's not a lights out bullpen guy, but it's an arm you could use and a reliable one maybe he likes the opener role the Royals have used him a few times one of them he got completely roughed up and he looked really good last time out in Toronto and a hitter's ballpark so if this is a you know a repetition thing a pattern I can live with it I can enjoy that because that's how the Royals have to rebuild this team a little bit it's going to take moves like that it's going to take a James MacArthur becoming something and you traded away a guy that may never get to the big leagues, you know, with Cole Reagans and Ronnie Cabrera, it's going to take signing somebody to a one-year deal and flipping them and bringing in talent like that and fixing it. Like Cole Reagans worked, James MacArthur, not really, but lately he's worked more. You trade Michael A. Taylor, you got Evan Sisk and Steven Cruz. Sisk didn't debut this year. I thought he would because his numbers were so good in AAA last year in St. Paul. But Steven Cruz is the one to debut this year. You now John McMillan was an undrafted free agent. We've discussed this time and time again before. But the Royals have to succeed in that department. And I'm not saying that, oh, it's just a win now because James McArthur has been pretty good in the month of September. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite because I just said the very per- first part of this show or the second part of this show that I pick and choose sometimes who I buy into and who I don't buy into. And September surges. He's been better. And a really bad bullpen. But Austin Cox also had his great stretch. And then he wasn't very good. You know, Guys have done it this year in Kansas City. Had really good stretches. And then have bottomed out. But if you can find some value in a guy. And then it starts to show at the big league level. That's when I build that trust. That's when I build that confidence. Because you are showing to me. I can evaluate and find talent. Where nobody else is looking. If you can do that this rebuild will be a lot more successful. It'll be a lot less painful and people will be on board with it. Again, James MacArthur is not the success story here. Cole Reagan's the success story, but you need James MacArthur to to do that for an extended period. You need to find more of those guys that can put it together quickly and not need, you know, three awful outings. Truly really show who they could be because that is what's going to build trust in the end all be all. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny J underscore 15. That's at J O H N Y J underscore 15. And be sure to find all of our podcast episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. But until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.